We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we were just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. Welcome to Nobody with a Bible. Chief Nobody Brandon. Here we talk about all the things and use biblical discernment while doing so. So let's dig in. Not using your feelings, but God's truth. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. Welcome, everybody. Today we have listener questions, and today's question is a good one. So I've been kind of itching to to get at this one since we got it. I've got Heidi here with me today to keep me on track with this topic because this is a topic that I definitely can go off and tangents on in so many different directions and we would be here with six hours for like six hours without her so we got her here with us today and Heidi let's just go ahead and get into it and let's just uh, read the question alrighty so the question is I see a lot of Christians make posts or comments about defying tyrannical governments and opposing the current ungodly state of politics And I've been seeing the picture below quite a bit around social media. In the picture she's referencing, it's by a popular um, like Christian brand that you see out there. And it just says, obey God, defy tyrants. And it has Acts 5 verse 29 noted below it. And that's, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. So then she continues on to say, obviously the scripture is taken out of context. So the question continues, I know the Bible talks about submitting to the government and authorities and that if they go against God, we are not to follow. But in a country like the United States, we have much more of a say in our government and social issues. But how far do we go with this? What is the limit for a Christian in America when it comes to political dissidents and petitioning our government, especially one that seems intent on going further down the path of sin and evil? She says the end of this old world was prophesied long ago, along with all of its kingdoms. So is it truly constructive to try to fight against it? We are told that the world will grow more and more evil. I see a lot of Christians talk about openly opposing the way this world is going. My question is, at what point are we doing our civic duty or battling against what God has ordained? After all, the apostles were much more persecuted than American Christians, yet they were not worried about the state of politics or the evil intent of those in power. They continued to proclaim the gospel. Even Christ himself did not have concern for the politics of Rome and its oppression of Israel. He cared more about their eternal state. Obviously, we continue to preach the gospel to the lost, but at what point do we wipe our hands of this world and its ruling powers? Oh, man. There's, see, there's so many. That's such a great question. It's and like a great so question, but it's a great, like, 15 questions of, like, you know, branches of things to, to break down. Because, right, because there is. But this is important, and it is. It's so big because you have so many that are, like, you know, fighting against and doing this and you think you're so right, but are we really? If we know that God's doing this, then what are you fighting? What well, are you I think the reason why these 
these people are fighting against it is just as important as what we are supposed to do <laughs> because this this goes back very far in church history i mean this goes to um you know probably around 300 a.d this this goes back to where this type of idea and this type of rebellion comes from um but I guess I'll, I'll I'll go into that at the end and just answer the question right away. We should have wiped our hands of this to begin with. We should have never been involved in any of this period. The Bible is very clear that when you come to a relationship with Christ, He is your King. We understand that the Lord has ordained rulers and authorities on this earth and we acknowledge that. But our submission in our fellowship is to the Lord. This world and the politics and the happenings of this world are not my concern or not your concern. Nowhere in scripture does it say to make the world a better place. You're not going to find that. It says that Christians are absolutely supposed to be an example to unbelievers. And by doing so, it will result in the world becoming a better place. And by sharing the good news and by doing these things, it will, that, that will be the result. But nowhere does it say to meddle in the cares and affairs of this world it says quite the opposite i was gonna say the the funny thing about that is scripture is actually pretty blatantly clear time and time again that you're not a citizen of this world you're, you're not involved in this they use we use the example of a foreigner in a foreign land how much if i go and visit africa I, I want Africa to have good leaders that treat their people right, and I pray that that's the case. However, when I go over to Africa, I'm not concerned about every single one of their policies, their leaders, what's going on there. I'm just visiting this country. Because what can you do, right? That's not where your stake is set. What, what can you do as a visitor for the weekend in Africa? Like, what can you do? You can love and serve those that you see right before you, right? right. But what, what can you do? You're going to overthrow the government of some country in Africa that you don't agree with? Right. That's insane. Nor, right, you do, do, that. nor do any Christians that go over on a vacation even think about any of this. If you're there as a missionary for an extended amount of time, which we have good friends who sure. are. Which that's, I'm not saying anything against missionary work. No, either. no, no. But we have good friends who are there as missionaries, have lived in Africa for years now. And guess what? They're not overthrowing the politics. They're not even involved in them. Guess what they are doing? They're feeding people. Right. They're clothing people. They're loving people. They're sharing the gospel. Right? Like they're Perfect doing example, that. Perfect example, yeah. And never once, or they may say like, hey, this is what the government's doing, so this is what we have to live with and deal with because this is the reality of what's happening. 
but they're not concerned with uh, with reshaping no. this land. Nope. And they're concerned with the people and in, in the hearts of of these people and and their lives. So it it has nothing, you know. And and we as Christians, we don't even because we are so used to this Western world and and the ease of it and our freedoms of it. We get so lulled to sleep, and we get the, and this just sucks us into this Babylon system that we just get it comfortable with, and it 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 starts with compromise, and and then it ends with judgment. Um, but we were never supposed to be like you know, like we said, it's it's not we weren't supposed to be involved in this to begin with, and I mean, there's there's just oodles of scripture that we can go to obviously there's the famous one romans 13 let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what god has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So we see that in Romans 1, uh, 13, 1 through 5. And then we have in, in 1 Peter 2, chapter 2, and starting in verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing so you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Here is the key verse in, in chapter 2 and ver verse 16 here. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So we are subject to these authorities, but we are living in freedom because we're not sub, we, we, they are the, not our authority. We have one king. They are not it. We live free from that system. We're subject to this system, but we're free from it. This is the, the perfect example of this is Daniel. When Daniel went into Babylonian exile, the prophet Jeremiah prophesying this says, hey, you're going to go into exile. It's going to be bad. This, this ruler is going to be horrible. He's going to kill you. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, um, you know, starve you. He's going to, it's, it's going to be nasty. However, obey him. Listen to him. And if you don't, You'll be judged. You're to remain subject to him because he is your judgment. But yet we see Daniel directly disobeying orders. We see him with denying the king's food. We see him with his the decree of praying. And we see Daniel is just like, yeah, whatever. 
We see direct disobedience, but that's because he's living as free. He is, he is serving his God, and that's who he serves. Sometimes that doesn't line up with man's law, but still we are to remain subject in every other, every other situa situation to that. Sometimes it does not enter, uh, you know, coincide with God's law. There's, you know, as I said, there's, Daniel is probably the example that we should draw from. Do we see Daniel revamping the whole Babylonian empire? No. We see Daniel learning that and i mean something that he already knew but we we see a conquering king we see a coming messiah that is um that's going to achieve these things and and we get the idea that you know that's what we're waiting for we're in this time period and we're foreigners in this land and subject to this time period um but but our fight is in the Lord, and He is the one that brings us justice and and brings all of these things. We don't we don't do these things ourselves. Now that's you know I know the the other side of this, and and people will say, well, you're saying we don't do nothing and we don't stand up for what's right, and and this is the whole other side of this. A post millennialist will answer this question completely different. You know, if you go listen to Right Response Ministries, just did a podcast with Jeff Durbin on that was absolutely just appalling. But it was a, you know, basically they just discussed post-millennialism and they talk about this very issue. And a lot of what I just said, I am the, I am the reason and the problems for the impotency of the church, according to them, because of the things that I just said. Because they can believe completely the other way. So I guess that's the, the other part of this question. The other you know, answer to this question is how we got to this point. Why people think that we need to fight this and we need to do this. This is why I focus on this on this channel. Well, and I will be focusing on this even more on this channel. Because it, this is so important to understand uh, the study of the kingdom and the study of, of post-millennialism and how it affects how we as Christians live our lives daily and affects all of these things. And it's, uh, it's becoming an uh, interesting part of the conversation because of what's going on in the world around us. And um, I don't know that the world, and it may sound like a, a, a crazy statement, and Heidi, tell me I'm an idiot if I'm an idiot, but I think... Literally, COVID has to be one of the most earth-shattering events in human history, recorded human history. Um, just the just the response to it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, because the response to COVID, not not deaths. I'm COVID not, you know what itself I'm is not the big right. deal. No. People's response and how quickly they've been able to control people with fear of something so ridiculous as that. Um, definitely, yeah, I see that point. And, and and the more and more the world is going this way, the more and more I think these post millennialists are really having to twist and jump even more than they already were to try to make that fit you know? they do and they're reaching hard now oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and now it's getting bitter uh, i just there was a post on i follow dispensationalism on on facebook and they posted a quote from gary demar who's a very famous um apologist that 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 hates any kind of premillennial 
um, idea, and he's very nasty to it. And of course, just like the rest of them, they're blaming Chris. They're blaming any pre-millennial Christians uh, for what's going on in the world now, and, and the impotency of the church, and all of these things. And it's 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 fairly, you know, it's disgusting to see. And it's they're to see them reaching so hard is disappointing. Um, because we should not be fighting like this on this issue. I think that there, and, and this goes along with, with answering a little bit of the question here, we should be able to work side by side. And I, I think there is room for Christians to be able to infiltrate um, the, the system and try to do good while we can. I think John Wesley said it the best. I mean, he says, do all the good you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. I, that is a beautiful statement because that's exactly what we should do. Um, and we should be able to work side by side. However, Ecclesi the book of Ecclesiastes says that there's a time for everything there's a time to fight and then there's a time to just give up and let it go and when we we have gotten to the point now where christians are fighting this issue so much and this this podcast is part one there's going to be a second part to this and i'm going to talk about this in the the second um podcast but you know we have we're arguing about vaccines and masks and it's just getting it's just getting so bitter in between believers and we've gotten to this point where we need to just step back as as believers and realize what what are we doing why are we why are we fighting this why are we fighting this hard we know that this type of persecution is possible. And if we look at it from Scripture, we are absolutely told to remain subject under these things. But at the same time, there's obedience to God doesn't always line up with what's going on in the world. So therefore, you're going to be a seeming rebel. I mean, Paul was accused of these things. How is it that Paul was accused of these things, yet he was writing for Christians to still remain subject to these things? These are the things that you have to think about, and we have to think. Like, okay, so that's, you know, it, it, the Bible does require thought. And in a straightforward read is always the best hermeneutic, but we have to understand that there's just a certain general understanding. You know, we know the good Lord created common sense. And I honestly feel in scripture, like if I were to write my own message version of the Bible, it's like, hey, do what you got to do to get by and not make any noise. Okay, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to do that might be illegal to the world, but it's not illegal to the Lord. 
you know, it's it, it's not it, it's not a command, but you know, just just keep that quiet and don't aim to break any laws. But do what you have to do. We don't want to be criminals. We don't want to be seen as disobedient and rebellious. But there's going to be things that require that. Just like Daniel. <laughs> so I want to make sure that I'm not going too far off on this. Heidi, tell me, like, read again just like the end parts of this question so we can answer it a little bit more specifically. Okay, because I know this is a big topic, and obviously, it is. Again, this is something, but this is something that you have studied the most, you love teaching on the most, because you, there is true impact in our day-to-day life. Pray for me, because I this. can never stop thinking about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys don't even understand, like, our, like our 10-year-old could pull out a Bible and break down this, these series of questions with you, because this is what we discuss in our home time and time again like this is our our big topic so looking at this just to specifically hit on these points again as we wrap this up um let's see um how okay so we know that here in the united states we have a lot of say in our government and social issues right be it by going and voting or petitioning thing right there's so there's a lot of options how far do we go with that? What is the limit for a Christian in America when it comes to political dissidents and petitioning our government? So I know even we have personally in our own lives some brothers and sisters in the faith that are very active. You write to your senator, you do this, you, you write, they're very vocal in encouraging others to get very involved with petitioning things and writing in and voting against things and trying to get the legislation that comes out for our nation to be in line with biblical truth. Where's that line? Should we be involved with trying to sway or, or, or have our input in the politics of what our government eventually ends up doing? Put it this way, I haven't seen a true Christian in any top form of government ever. No. Ever. And you actually come from a very political family with people who work in very high places when it comes to many different areas of just political decision making. Right. So it's not like you just have no idea what you're talking about. No. There, there no. are some great people. No, and it's there simply... There are some people that do hold some values. I've always, I've always pointed out, though, it's impossible to be a politician and not compromise. Yeah. It's impossible. So therefore, that puts a Christian in a very, very interesting spot. Because and you cannot have a Christian nation that is a free nation. And so a lot of people disagree nation? with that, I know, but, 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 it's, but it, it's true. How? how? You, if, if you are a Christian nation, then that means that you abide by the laws of God's word. Right, and we so are that's far not, from that. So that's not freedom, right? right? Because that's making everybody abide by the laws of God's word. So that means if we're a free nation, then our nation has to be free to choose to put laws into effect and to live by things outside of God's word. Right. It can't be both. No. No, absolutely not. So that's not to say that a Christian 
does not exist in local government because right. I believe that I have seen Christians few and far between, but yes. in local government. Mm -hmm. Right. Few and not far people who profess to be Christians because many people profess, but we're talking people who truly, truly are living a live life. it out right. and, and do their part in their job. Not, sure. but again, you have to compromise so often. There is, there's a lot. I mean, even then there, it's yeah. just any type of politics. It's difficult. And I think, with the way that our, our world is moving today and the fact that we are getting more and more liberal. And that, the way it was prophesied to happen. Right. In the first place. Is, is, <laughs> is, is this is a point where there is, as, as Solomon says in Ecclesiastes again, it's, you know, there's a time for everything and there's a time to realize when things have gotten to a point that we can't really do much in like do much anything of anything else without causing a scene without being rebellious in nature and and taking something by force and that's certainly not what scripture says i mean christ himself told the disciples hey shake off the dust from your shoes and move on like if they don't want it continue on don't sit there and beat the truth of Jesus is here you know into everybody's head they don't want it fine they don't want it sure away. but that doesn't mean Okay, so then I have a follow-up question to this. Okay. So would you then say that it is time better spent? It may not be as comfortable and as easy as sending an email or making calls or posting on Facebook or, you know, voting or whatever. But would you say then that time would be better spent going out and maybe serving people that are in your direct line of being able to come in contact with. So instead of being so worked up and finding ways to argue against legislation for say abortion, you go and you help moms, you help women, you, you right. get involved in a way that is truly serving the individual and pointing them to the truth of Christ versus thinking we can legislate our way to a Christian nation. Boots on the ground. Yep. And living outside of this system. That's what the that's what's amazing about the the freedom that a Christian has. <laughs> you know, is is it's it's amazing the the amount of freedom that we have. Oh wow, I can't do this in government anymore, right? I can't read the well, guess where I can. I can go and take these the Bible into these homes. Yep. I can go and take. Uh, I can go and talk to mothers and work with kids that that are thinking about abortions. Much like you know, there there's a there's so much work Why that do is think... done that is done very well. I think, and I and I God bless the people that fight abortions in in a godly way not the people that are out there holding up dead babies signs and that's disgusting and that's not a screaming christian at people it's screaming and, that yeah. you're going to like go go you're that is not christian that is disgusting and that's not it that's not how we do things but the people that go over to the other side of the street and interact with these people yep. and say hey what what you. can I do for you yeah. to not make this decision? What what is there you know that that get involved in these things? That's that's what we need to do. And but that's working so far outside of the system. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be inside of the system to do good. <laughs> and yeah. we certainly it, it's it's going to seem rebellious. But this is the type of this is the type of of 
you know, kingdom that we follow, the, the Lord, this is the Lord's way of doing things. This is not, you know, the human way of doing things. So that's, I, I mean, my answer to that is just working outside of the system. We don't lay down and die. We adjust. And we know we're not winning in this world but that doesn't mean that we're defeated. That just means that we have to adjust and work around what's going on. But certainly being a loud, obnoxious, exposing Christians to extremist content that, you know, or viewers, whatever, that's this thing that's going on Facebook. And it's like, or in Instagram, it's like, get over yourself and stop that. You're making yourself look like an idiot. You know, and to finish this, or no, you, you, there's a couple other yeah, questions. Yeah, I have more questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, other, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, no, so if the end of the world was prophesied long ago, right? So we know in the end, the only nation that stands is Israel. No one stands up with Israel. Everything falls away, right? Nothing right. is truly for the Lord at all and is anyways right we know this we know that everything has to and all Ameri the reformed post-millennialists <laughs> just clutch their pearls i mean america isn't even noted in the bible so i mean we're probably not going to be doing so good let's just assume so if all of this was prophesied long long ago we know god's word is true and will always come to fruition is it truly constructive to try and fight against it like no. we're told the world's going to grow more and more no. evil. So what? No, you're making yourself look like an idiot. So at what point are we doing our civic duty and at what, or just battling against what God has already ordained? We're, all, we're battling what God has already ordained. Because civic duty drives me nuts because our civic duty is yeah. like, you think of the good Samaritan, right? My civic duty is if I'm walking down the road and I see a homeless man over there who's sitting there, he's hot, he's thirsty, he, whatever. My, my duty is to, not only as a civic duty, but I mean, even more so because everything has an eternal focus in the true life of a follower of Christ. My duty is to go over and say, hey, let me get you something to drink. Are you hot? Can I help you? Right. You know, let's, can, would you be more comfortable over here in the shade? Are you hungry? You, you know what right. I mean? Can I pray? I mean, I, I always try to make it a point that I pray with everyone before I leave, right? Can I just pray for you right now? I don't know where you stand with the Lord, but can I pray for you right mm. now? Right. That's my civic duty. That That's what that is. My civic duty isn't voting. My civic duty isn't, you know, going to the town hall meetings. My civic duty isn't making sure my voice is heard. And what happens when we do that is we're going against the very thing that Paul wrote Romans 13 for. And we have to understand and listen to anybody that dis disagrees with me or says anything against it. Listen. Paul and the rest of the apostles lived in a culture that was just as bad, if not worse, than the culture that you and I live in today. Oh, yeah. It's not, oh, well, you just, he, he might have been writing that, but he doesn't even understand what it, really? Nero really? was a monster. Yeah. He lit Christians on fire and hung them up on poles like this guy was a monster. Absolute monster. And... Paul wrote Romans 13 under Nero. Yep. So is what Paul is saying true? Sure. 
Are is every yes, absolutely. But at the same time, you have to understand what Paul's meaning is. We remain subject not to cause a scene. Well, it's going around everybody. Because it's already ordained. Yeah. And you're going to make a scene by going against what God has already ordained by being your rebellious self. But at the same time, we see Paul working around things all the time. And we don't hear Paul advertising how he's breaking, you know, seemingly breaking man's law and these things like this. No, it's not breaking a law when you're obeying the Lord. I mean, it may be breaking man's law, but that's not, you're not breaking a law because obedience to the Lord is not breaking a law, just as Christ didn't break any laws. It was a law of man. Well, because the it wasn't a law of God. Because the problem is, is that we need to, we as Christians are too comfortable being wrapped up in the world. So the more we love it, we love the world. And so that's why we want to fight through the powers of the world because we love the world, right? The, the world, all the governments are under Satan's system, all of them. So why do you want to use Satan's system to bring about God's kingdom? How does that make sense? And why do we want to cause a fuss with Satan's kingdom? Like, well, why we, would we, we want to what, agitate it? Exactly. We know what it's going to be. We know what it's going to do. We, we know in the end where it all goes. So what and do I you think, think that's really what doing? Romans 13 is saying is don't, don't, don't agitate this because God has ordained these things. And what people do not understand is the fact that God uses wicked rulers just as he does good, good leaders. But wicked rulers are, are used as a tool for the Lord and they yeah. are used for judgment. And that's the, 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 you know, is there, how many more questions that you have? Because there's such an ending, there's an ending point on this. I have one last one. Okay, go ahead. One more. And I was going to say, I find it interesting too, yeah, right? Ahead. People are freaking out, you know, well, if I don't take the vaccine, how are my kids going to be in school? Well, that's part two. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? no, oh yeah, we'll get to that. That'll be a potty. You know, but just that whole, you know, that's going around. If you don't take the vaccine, your kids won't be able to be in school. Good. They shouldn't be in Satan's school system in the first place. Well, if we don't take the vaccine, you can't go to restaurants and clubs and bars. Uh, Good, that, we'll have that's to eat fine. healthier. I'll, I'll grow my food at home. You won't be able to go to the grocery. That's fine. I'll, I'll grow my food and I'll be at home with my family. Well, you won't be able to attend concerts and sporting. Okay, cool. That, that's all basically idolatry anyways. I mean, there's very few that do that on a regular basis who aren't struggling with idolatry in that area. That's fine. I'll stay mm. at home, right? Like, get it, let go of the world. Get out of the world. No, I can't system. go to a movie theater. Oh. Oh, no, it's all garbage anyways. Okay, so last last question here. And again, I know there will be many more kind of along these lines because it's very important. But final remarks. Obviously, we continue to preach the gospel to the lost, right? We love, we serve people in front of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at what point do we wipe our hands of this world and its ruling powers? Since... Jesus was on the earth the first time and he said what he said. <laughs> this kingdom is not of this world. And if it were, his, you know, I, I mean, listen to the, here, I'll, I have it right here. I'll pull it up. Um, what, what, 
Jesus says in John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. He tells Peter, right? Put away your sword, Peter. Stop fighting this. This is exactly what has been ordained adjust how you go about this it's it's not giving up it's not doing it's adjusting so i mean it's as simple as that i mean we we should have at what point we should have listened to what jesus said the first time when he was on earth and we should have never gotten this far to begin with that's not the intent of the church and that's not what what the lord's intent was um we, and I love Randy Alcorn. He says this, but if you think of it, like, you know, in math, you always see it where it's like the dot is the starting point, and then there's the line that goes out after it because that's, you know, right. numbers obviously go on for eternity. So right now we're in the dot. That's what now is. But we need to live for that line because we need to live for eternity. Right. So all the legislation, all the laws, all the rules, all the leaders, all the whatever – that's just the dot. Right. People, the only thing we take with us is not, you know, overthrowing Roe versus Wade, is not the new legislation, is not a quote-unquote Christian president, is not blah, 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 whatever you want to say. It's people. Mm-hmm. So go and win souls. Mm-hmm. Not because you are special, but because you are living. Why do you think biblical womanhood is so important to me? Because if women can start living as God has called us to, as Titus tells us, like, look at the impact that can have on your children, on your family, on your friend, on anyone that you're able to serve, right? Like, go and do the things that God calls us to actually in scripture and let that have an eternal impact. I don't care what happens here in the dot because I know in the end it's all going to burn. So I'm not concerned with it. So, I'm concerned about the line. I'm concerned about the eternal. That's what matters. So live like it. And that's where this question does get interesting, and it will go into part two, because what, so to summarize and to answer all of this, how do Christians respond to all this? Do you just lay down? Do you just take the vaccine just because um, it would be easier and we don't want to appear rebellious and all these things? And that's going to be part two. And that's also not what I'm saying. So don't, don't, per, don't think that in, in this podcast that that's what I'm saying because it's not. Um, again, I, I, we adjust, and, and I believe that Paul wrote Romans 13 as a, um, you know, it, it, for, for various reasons. One of them as you're not going to want literature that goes directly against the emperor of Rome to be confiscated. It's not going to get where it needs to go. Like, you know, his mail was being read. Right. You <laughs> know like... his mail was being read too. And you don't want to perceive, and Paul does not want to have this perception that he's has that, that, that the Christianity or Christians are some rebellious group that just disobey but the authorities. But that's also why you don't take one chapter or one verse and go, yep, that's what the Bible says. 
Whoa, people, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me put it into the full context of the totality of right, scripture and, in which one message is given. And this is where you, you do have to go outside of, of scripture and study and seeing that the culture of the time. So if you go to Greek and Roman sources and see, you know, what was going on with these things, you learn a lot more information about what they were fighting against in the rebellions that were rising up that there were Christian rebellions rising up all over the place and they were causing all sorts of problems. And this is exactly why Paul is saying, he's like, no, we are not some invading force that we're supposed to build some kingdom and make everybody obey it. That's not what we do. That's not it. Okay. But not, but every, but if we take a straightforward read to what Paul says, then that means that we have to say that, Hitler was a good leader, that Stalin was a good leader, that the Taliban that has just taken over Afghanistan again is good leadership. Is that true? Absolutely not. Is it God-ordained? Yes. Is it God's judgment? Yes. It's Romans 1, and this is what summarizes all of this. This is one thing that Christians need to understand. Why you do not fight this. Why you adjust how you go about it. You do not fight this because you understand that this is the wrath of abandonment. Read Romans 1, 18 through 32. It is the wrath of of abandonment God gave them up and what is the identifying nature of knowing that this is a wrath of abandonment well it's the heart of man it's a society marked by sexual immorality and homosexuality and materialism that's a key indicating factor of these things Paul explains this clearly that's exactly what is occurring right now. This is a wrath of abandonment. God has given up a people to their own desire. What that means, since we are the largest, most influential nation in human history, I think it tells a lot about where we are in in the state of Christ's return. So we understand that this is judgment. And you understand just like Daniel, just like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, not a thing that you can do about it. Judgment's coming. But we can work on people's hearts. We can work in sharing the good news and we can work around this. So that's my, uh, you know, hopefully that clears up a little bit. I know this is, um, like you said, there's so many different conversations that are had on this specific topic. So we will have many of those conversations on this channel, on this podcast. Um, and we will be back with part two. We're answering the question. We're finally tackling vaccines. And, and somebody had asked a very interesting question to me the other day that I have literally been pondering for a week. 
that has just been stirring around in my head that it's just, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's still fascinating. So, um, we will, we will talk about that in part two and this just kind of continues along with this as well. On the day of judgment, do not, do not fear for the atheist so much, the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride. He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey. And so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions and you are to care for my bride. You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle. And when I come back, you'll be rewarded or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, the steward realizes that the people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual, paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable.